This podcast contains language and content that is inappropriate for young, impressionable listeners under the age of 18. Mysteries on Tap is not responsible for any demons, soul snatchers, poltergeists, or ghouls that may be accidentally summoned through your listening device. Listener discretion is advised. Ah, good evening, friends. Welcome to yet another episode of Mysteries on Tap. I am your host, Shannon. With me, as always, is my partner in crime, the Joseph. Hello. Hello, Joe. It is a, uh, it's going to be a crime episode, isn't it? It for is. The first... The first we fi- of many, we finally hopefully. came through on our crime. That's right. We, we promised crime and we promised, and, and, and then we went through paranormal. And now episodes. we're delivering. Here it is on crime. <laughs> it's crime, all right. Um, so first, before we get into our episode, uh, we wanted to do our drink of choice for tonight. Tonight we are drinking these little hard seltzers. Ugh, um, I hate these things so okay, much. Well, I'm not revealing the name of which seltzer we're drinking, but it is a it is a seltzer of choice, and this one is a tropical punch blend. I just don't like seltzers. But I, really, I just don't. You, They're not appetizing next episode i promise we'll have a little bit more sophistication we just didn't have time to get the sophistication that's down. right yeah because i want like a, i want like a, i want like a manhattan or a mm. or an old-fashioned yeah we can do that yeah because we have really cool ice cube trays yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? the ice cubes are bigger than my right wait, my wait, head. that's what i'm saying we have ones that are like in the shape of skulls yeah but that we don't is have, so appropriate for our show glasses big enough to hold yes, the ice we do. cubes yeah we have glasses that hold the the ice cubes we have two They're of just them. really big ice cubes it's gonna take forever to freeze you can make so, like an ice right, sculpture so. out of them. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> anyway, so friends, uh, tonight our, like I said, our drink of choice are these seltzers um, because we ran out of time and I just grabbed whatever was And quick. you're lazy. I'm lazy. I'm lazy tonight. It's fine. Uh, however, I was not lazy on my research. Nice little segue there, Joseph. Um, I was not lazy on my research. Tonight, friends, as guaranteed, we are going to talk about the John, I'm sorry, the Jean Benet Ramsey murder case. Is it case. Jean? I think I don't know. Some people pronounce it John, and then some people pronounce it Jean. Well, I, I think know. it is. I think it's Jean Benet. It's just Jean. It's it's, it's John because Jean. her father's, her father's name, name was John. John, right? Um. So, but I think they did like a little fancy twist on it. So Jean Benet. Yeah, I do like that name. It's, it is it's cute. beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful name. Um. So first, I just want to put this out there, friends, that we by no means uh are are disrespectful to this case. Um. It is a very horrific case. It is very, it's something that is absolutely horrible that happened to this little girl. Um, and my heart breaks for her and her family. Um, so definitely we are going into this with respect. I am going to say, I went down a rabbit hole of craziness. That is, that is the only word I can describe for this case. Now, the Joseph, mm-hmm. you, you really kind of didn't go down as far as I did. You're well, kind of like relying on me to give. I mean, we've seen, we've watched yes. John Benet Ramsey murder investigation TV shows and documentaries and all sorts of things. And I feel like every time we've watched one, they are completely different. Hundred <laughs> like, percent. They always have a, a different list of suspects. They have different evidence. They contradict each other. The story is always different. And I just feel like it could be anybody. I think there's like I don't know. I think they have like 200 suspects now, don't they? Um, there there's a lot of theories, uh, and there's some a of lot them, more. <laughs> there's a lot of theories that I didn't even. Some friends that there's one theory that is so I when we get there, it's just mind. So this is a collection of all the theories, all that the I suspects find. that you can find, right? That, okay. that, I, that were readily available, and I know that there are more that I I could not find. I know that there's a lot more, but these are like. I guess top 10 theories that are the most popular. 
Okay, so you do have a list of 10 then. Uh, nine, however, <laughs> however, a 10th one kind of came my way yesterday that I didn't even know existed. Okay. So, okay. Are we going to list them in order? Like, okay, it's I'm... definitely not this person as number 10. And then as we go... Oh, here's the thing. We could just got we just got to get into the meat of it because as we were saying, the, these, the documentaries and the stories and everything, they all kind of cancel each other out. And I, I, I surmised what I think is going to happen. Well, here's what happened. What? Um, John Bonet is dead. Yes. And she was murdered. Yeah. Yes. So that's all we know. That's all we know. So, Everything else is up in the air. All it's right, like, so here I'm gonna get I'm gonna get into the I'm gonna get into the details and then I think we can take it from there. So, all right, so how are you gonna deliver this? Because I don't uh, think we discussed I, this. I, I are think you gonna I'm just, just gonna go for it. Run down the list of suspects. No. Okay, so for friends that were maybe a little bit younger, um, I mean I was in high school when this happened. You were in high school, I think, because it was ninety six. So ninety six. I was a junior. You were a freshman. Probably. Yeah. Because so, you're two years older yes. than me. Uh so it was December twenty so I I do remember this though. I don't remember it being this out of control, but I do remember this was all over the place. And I think it was because she was like just so, such a beautiful little girl in these involved in these pageants and it was just weird circumstances. So let's get into the circumstances first and then we'll, we'll take it from so there. You're so you're going to go line by we're, line. We're going to do okay, circumstances of what, what we know absolutely happened. Fact number one. Okay. So fact number one, December 26, 1996. Uh, Patsy Ramsey, who is Jean Benet's mother, woke up that morning um, to, uh, from what I had heard, she was, uh, they were getting ready to go on a family trip. Um, I believe the one police investigator said that they were getting ready to go to Florida for the winter week. Um, but it doesn't matter. She was, she woke up early that morning. Um, and as she headed downstairs to her kitchen, probably make herself some coffee, that is where she found the ransom note on the bottom of the staircase. It was a two and a half page dissertation. It was not, I don't even know if it was a ransom letter. Um, it was the most bizarre ransom letter I've ever seen, and we're going to get into that. Do you have a copy of the ransom I, letter? I have it on my phone. Right, um, I'll, pull, I'll pull it up. It's already on my phone. It's already there. Oh, you do have yeah, it? Oh, it's right there. Oh, my God. Right. You save it. I, I, you have it as your... As your no, I don't have it on my... But, uh, oh, my God. It's huge. Note. I told you. It's like almost Shannon three whole pages. Shannon said it as her, uh, as her wallpaper. It's huge. It's like almost <laughs> three pages long. Um, so she found said ransom note at the bottom of the staircase and just immediately called 911. I, I'm, I'm assuming she ran up to Jean Benet's room, found that she was not in there, called 911. Uh, police that within you know minutes arrive they look at the note now here's where details differ depending on what you're reading and or watching so some documentaries or some pieces of evidence have claimed that no searches were done by the police uh, other shows say that there were anywhere between one to two searches f done of the of the property but they all said that it was not a full search of the property and that, you know, they were just trying to figure out where she was, who had her. And it wasn't until hours later that her father, John Ramsey, went downstairs and discovered her body. Now, this is where it gets a little dicey. Is this fact number two? Fact number... This, I don't even know if this is a uh. fact! This is, this is dicey information number two. So, again, depending... Cause, because, folks, we've all seen... The, the, the crime scene photos of her poor little body down in the basement, right? However, I just watched a documentary that was filmed within the last year, year and a half. And he himself said that he when he found her, he grabbed her and brought her upstairs. He brought her body upstairs. And you know what? I, I keep trying to put myself into that situation. Right. You know, as a parent, as a father, if I saw my daughter laying on the ground. Right. 
I would probably do the same thing. I'm 99.9% with you. The right. last thing I'm thinking is preserve a crime scene. I'm right. just like, oh my God, it's my kid. Right. Or you have this hope that she's still alive and you can revive her. Like, you don't know how long she's been laying Right. There. So, but there it is. So how do we have crime scene photos of her little body with a blanket over it? But he said that he brought her upstairs. Which means they had to recreate the crime scene in order to get the photos because the police didn't discover her. He did. So that right there makes me think that the crime scene was contaminated. Hmm. So that's why I said these are crazy. I don't even French. Okay, gonna- so there's only one fact. Again, I go back <laughs> that, to my that original statement. We know that statement. she was. So she died. She was murdered. Right, and she was found downstairs. And she's dead. Right, and she was found downstairs in the basement by her father. And the police said that. The father found her. There's the facts that we know. Uh, the other piece of information that we do know that this was confirmed was that the paper that the ransom note was written on was found to have come from within the house itself. They found the pad of paper that mm-hmm. the paper was used to write said ransom note. That um, is that is consistent between all the stories. Yes. And, yeah. That is the one piece that everybody keeps saying, yes, this is this is 100%. It came from a notepad that was found, I believe, right. in the kitchen. And the note has remained the same through each documentary as well. Correct. And the it is note the has most, not changed. It's the most bizarre note I've ever read. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, I'm not a detective. I, I don't read these things for a living. But some of the stuff that's on there is like, I'm sorry, what I'm are I'm sure you we're going to dive into yeah, that so, as well. Yep. Because, well, that has a big piece. So, obviously, the first three suspects are John. Patsy and the nine-year-old brother Burke. Those were the first three suspects. They did okay. Compelling piece number two and a half. They found evidence. They found DNA. This this again is another who they found. So they found DNA evidence. Now again, depending on what you're reading and what documentary you're watching and what information you're getting, some say it was just found under her underwear. Some say that there was DNA under her fingernails. Large majority of them all say that the DNA came from a male suspect that eventually ruled out the three Ramses. Right. And what I heard was the underwear, the fingernails, and another either nightgown or... Long John, I think it was. Long like, John. Yeah, yeah some, some pajama. That they were all consistent of the same unidentified male. Correct. Now, there was another special that supposed... And not that, not that kind of DNA. I think it was like touch DNA, right? I, I don't... That's the thing. It wasn't like, like protein DNA. Okay, or... no. From what I understand, not to get upsetting, I don't believe it was. You think it was aliens? No. But the DNA, they're not really sure. So I know where you're going with what kind of DNA it was. From what I've read, they've never re- released what type of DNA. The only thing I can think of, if there was DNA under her fingernails, obviously it's skin cells. She was clawing right. and scratching at the individual. However, there was another <laughs> another piece of information that was brought that I tried to confirm that apparently there was a, a forensics uh, pathologist came forward and said that the DNA that was found on her underwear matched the DNA that was found inside of another pair of underwear in a sealed bag of underwear that was purchased that was in her dresser. Which mm. that, I mean, that is that's like a needle in a haystack. Far fetched. So so, but, but she also had the the, the DNA the, underneath under her, her fingernails. fingernails. So right. I I tried. I did. After I found <laughs> that information, I tried to find it. I tried to research that. Friends, I couldn't find anything. Right. I couldn't so find it, anything so, to to. So it was the DNA of a kid in, in a sweatshop in China. Right. right. I mean, that's I don't know. That's what they were saying. Like it. This particular forensics path. Now, like I said, I tried to confirm or deny it. I could not find anything. I did see that this this particular forensics uh, individual did 
work on the case, but I didn't see anything about him stating that the DNA was from maybe like a, a potential manufacturer. So that to me, I, I it's just know. incredible that you can have one crime with so many different possibilities Correct. and so many outcomes, mm. and none of them are the same. Right? Like how how do you get that? How do you mess that up? I don't know. How do you say, "Yep, DNA underneath somebody's fingernails," and then oh. Never mind. It matches the DNA in a closed bag of underwear in her drawer. Right. Like, like years. Why down would the line. Why would anyone years even hold on? But why would anyone even want to test a brand new pair of underwear? How would you That's know a good to point. test? That is a good point. How would How you would know, you to know, pull know that to out? test that? That's a good point. Duly noted. That's a good one. Because I wouldn't think like, oh, look at this bag of underwear. Let's go test all that too. Right. I wouldn't think that. I wouldn't think that. I I call I mean, bullshit but, on but that. But then again, I'm I'm not call a forensic pathologist, so I don't think like one. So maybe he thinks a little differently. But Why don't you test the, the neighbor's underwear too, you know? I mean, like, maybe. Yeah. But all I know is that they did say that they're that they they ran the DNA through obviously I believe it's called CODIS, the database uh, that holds all DNA for offenders, and they were not able to find it a match to anyone. So that's rough. So that brings us so obviously, like I said, it, they were able to rule out John Patsy and Jean Benet's brother Burke. Years later, unfortunately, by the time they officially cleared them, um, her mother, Patsy, had passed away, which was very sad that she was not at least alive to see her husband and her son cleared. Um, right. And I officially. remember, just to take a step back, didn't they accuse the son, Burke, of murdering and then the parents covered it up? That was, yeah, there was, between the three of them, there were all kinds of but, stories that one of them killed her accidentally and then the other two yeah. covered it up. That well, was, I guess, yeah. do you want to dive into... The circumstances of how she was found. But here's the problem, how she was found. So how they reported her as being found, he himself admitted that he took the body from the crime scene and carried her upstairs. So how the police are saying that they found her, she had a cord around her neck. So they they uh, said that she died of, of uh, due to asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. Um, and that they found duct tape around her mouth and that she also had blunt force trauma to her head, which they, they believe that she was hit over the head. They also found, this was, this was curious. They also found abrasions on her face, two abrasions on her face and two abrasions on her back that were similar to that of a stun gun. So they were kind of drawn. Has that been consistent through all reports? No, that's a newer <laughs> so, piece. Here we go. Like, <laughs> but it is in we- the autopsy. I will say, cause I did the one, they showed the autopsy report and it did have abrasions on the face and abrasions on the back. It was written on the autopsy. Yeah, so I don't know many, if that's the first many, time it's ever been How many John Bonet Ramsey documentaries have you watched in your entire life? Too many. Right. <laughs> and I never <laughs> remembered that ever coming up. I don't ever remember that either, to be until honest Until recently. With you. True. So, I mean, unless they're finally just releasing the family's release because the father himself said he still has not read the autopsy. He can't. He can't bring himself to do it. It's too much. So... Um, the other thing is, is that they found no forced entry, uh, from the, from inside or outside the house. They also found no footprints. And again, friends, you got to remember this was during the winter in Colorado. So there had to be some type of snow on the ground. And though they did find sub disturbance by what is the, what they believed to be the entry point, which was a window that led into the basement. They did find footprints downstairs that, that did not match any of the Ramsey household shoes. Um, It was a a footprint. um, They kept calling it a high tech boot um, that was found around where her body was found. Um, And they were never able to match that to any of the shoes inside the house. 
Um, so that's why they felt it was a perpetrator that gained access to the house. Both Patsy and John were both very vocal in the media in saying that they did believe that somebody broke into their house on the night of Christmas night while they were out. They had gone to church. They had gone to a restaurant for dinner. And then I believe they went to a party with friends. And they firmly believe that it was during that time frame that it was whoever it was that killed John Bonet snuck into the got into the house at that point in time. And that's very, very possible. It is, because there was very nobody possible. there. You would never know. I mean, you're putting yourself back. What what year was this? 96? Right. So 96. I mean, there was alarm systems. I mean, here's the other thing like about the Ramseys. They were wealthy people, mm-hmm. right? So you would think that they would have had some type of security system. Ah, police officer, a police officer in one of the documentaries said that they did not set their alarm. Not everybody sets their alarm all the time. This is true. I mean, there's times that we, we, we had an alarm system on our house. There were times right. when we left. We weren't thinking. We just didn't set it. Right. Because you're not thinking of your child getting murdered. Right. So, so I mean, at this point, friends, you can kind of see how it's starting to look like, uh, you know, the, the parents and the family were somehow involved. I mean... Um, too you many know, coincidences. The, right. You can you can see why the police kind of drew their attention to the parents and the brother. Um, because at this point, they were looking for a missing person originally, only to find her deceased downstairs in the basement right. by the father. And we know just from watching so many murder mystery oh. shows, when you have a murder, you look at the people that are closest to them first. It's actually so, just natural because that's just right. kind of the so first thing. So you're guilty by default. Um, it's not guilty by default. You're just kind of suspected by default. Okay. Well, if you end up dead in this house, the first person they're going to look at is me. Right. And they're going to listen to all these podcasts and they're probably going to know why. Anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, so, in 1996, like I said, friends, the ransom note was so off the wall that people probably, that the police probably thought there's no way a person would. If you have not seen this ransom note, I beg you, please look it up on Google. It is... You're going to paraphrase it? I'm going to paraphrase it. It is too long. I don't even think I can read this whole thing. Um, but, I mean, first of all, it starts out with Mr. Ramsey. Listen carefully. I mean, he's being polite. At least he calls him Mr. <laughs> I mean, but still, <laughs> listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country that it's... Sur- what, who starts a ransom note like this? All right, so let it me. It usually goes, "Hey, we have your loved one." All right, Give let's me go money. line by line here. So, so. Well, I don't want to uh, do that, but. Well, no. So they respect the business. I guess I don't. I don't. What did they say means. it again? Uh, hold on. We respect your business, but not the country that it serves. Right. So, I what is what does John Ramsey do for a living? That I don't know. I'm looking it up. Okay. Um, but it goes on and says you know, they have the daughter, which is like your normal, what you would think would be in a ransom note. Um, and it tells you you must follow this letter. But then here's where it gets weird. Okay, so, I mean, again, I don't work as a crime investigator. I don't see this stuff on the regular. However, they wanted $118,000. What a weird number. Yes, it is. So Usually they, they kind of round it to the highest Just an FYI, he was, uh, he was reported... A net worth of six point four million dollars in uh, nineteen ninety six. Oh my land! Prior to his daughter's murder. God darn. So, That's a lot of money. Yeah, he was he was rich. So he had money. All right. I'm but finding it, out. I'm finding out what he. But wait, did. then it gets very specific. Why is you finding that? It gets very specific of how they want this money. <clears throat> Not only do they want they they want a hundred thousand dollars in one hundred dollar bills. And then the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. I mean, that's that's goddamn specific. Oh, here you go. So he was president and chief executive officer 
of Access Graphics, which mm. is a computer services company Fair. and a subsidiary of Lockheed Martin. Computers and IT. Mm. There it is. Money. Um, they tell me one in a brown paper bag. They're going to call them the next day. Uh, then it even says, like, if you don't do this, like, you're not even going to have the remains of your daughter, so you can't bury... This, friends, this goes on and on and on. Then this is where it gets, like, you stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you will stand a 100% chance of getting her back. Who writes that in a ransom note? <laughs> I mean, that's great. That's great. I mean... You want that hundred percent? But I was gonna say, like, so gonna like, like they're giving you odds. It's almost like what the? F- this doesn't. This is so bizarre. One percent, you won't kill her. But then, like, I don't even understand what the. I, this doesn't even make any sense. So then, the end of it is, it's up to you now, John. Victory, SBTC. What? I, that, I mean, I can't imagine. So poor Patsy. Can you just imagine going down? It's the day after Christmas. You just had a great holiday. You're going down into your your kitchen to get your morning coffee before you wake your kids to get ready for a trip. And you find the most unbelievable thing to tell you that A, your daughter is missing and being held for ransom. And then B, sifting through almost three full pages of complete and total craziness. I wouldn't even know what to do. Yeah. You know what? The The entire time I was reading that letter, I was thinking, this sounds like a phishing scheme. You did say that. Yeah. You're like, this like, is this is what modern day phishing people do. That, I mean, the wording, you have a 99% chance yeah. if you don't, if you do, but you have a 100% chance. It's like. Yeah, that's what they do now for your car warranties. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Right. It's unbelievable. So like, You've inherited blah, 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 right, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. You're, you're, we found that. Your uh, your ancestors are the king of Guatemala. It, yeah, so now you're you stand and to inherit yeah. fifty seven thousand five hundred and forty nine dollars. Please call us. Like it's like some random number. Right. So I mean I don't get it, but I mean it's just it's wild. So so like I said, you can see why the police kind of drew their attention to the family. But then then oh then handwriting analysis actually was done um, because it was handwritten out. It wasn't something that was typed out or you know you're. What you think happens in the movies where you're like you're cutting out all the like little letters from newspapers. Uh, this was handwritten and a handwriting analysis was done and it ruled out John and Patsy. So and then the DNA did not match. So at this point they had to drop it against the three because right. they, they had nothing. And you mentioned that the writing was done on a notepad that was found in the house. Which would then coincide with them saying that somebody was there the night before because and Right. But right. I think you're gonna go in the same spot I go was. Go for it. The uh, the paper that they wrote on the notepad, mm-hmm. I think they did a couple rough. They did a couple rough drafts on it, and they threw away. Sorry, I'm I'm opening another seltzer. Um, the police did find uh, what looked like remnants of a practice run, and right. they, there was like a, there was another like dear Mr. Ramsey kind of like heading that they right, found. They just them throw for. that in the trash, right? Well, I mean, they yeah, that's what they did. <laughs> that's what they did. Right. So, so that and that's another reason if if. A family member were to do that, they would not put the evidence in the trash can, right, in their house. So it's definitely somebody that that did not think this one through. Okay, um, so that's three suspects so three. of ten. So the friends, the next couple of suspects that we're going to go down, we'll go through them rather quickly until we get to the last one because the last one we might need a little bit more time. Um, but the this is all public information. This is you Google search these names, they pop up. So that we're not making this up. We're not making names up. We're not. 
And we're not saying that any of these people are guilty. We're just saying these are people and these are theories that police have followed through and obviously at this point have come to a dead end. So one of the first theories that I saw was uh, a man by the name of Bill was his name. He was a neighbor. His own daughter had been kidnapped years earlier. His wife had wrote a story about a a child being molested and killed and found in, in, in a basement. And I believe he was the individual who dressed up like Santa and came to visit her two days prior to her murder. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a weird, like some people said there was a weird connection. I believe there was something that he had to go in for surgery and she gave him a little bottle of glitter. Mm-hmm. And he was known to have said that he wanted that glitter mixed in with his remains and his ashes should he, should he die because he was to be cremated. So I think people thought there was like a weird obsession and a weird connection. But I had heard the Santa story when I was younger too and I never bought it. I don't think... Um, anything ill with that situation. No, in my no. mind, I mean, you know, that he probably found an attachment to her because it was his neighbor. He, he probably thought she was a cute little girl. They were friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with a little girl giving a tube of glitter to an old man and then saying, I want my ashes mixed in with that glitter. Well, I mean, his, his own daughter was kidnapped. Right. So, so he, he, right. So he probably found attachment. And his neighbor's kids. Right. I, I don't think he was. I found no ill woman. I, when I read up on his story, I'm like. I throw that one right out. I threw that one out too. Yeah, I, I didn't think I don't anything. think that's. I mean, you wouldn't have a, a shady man from, uh, you know, the slums coming over to your house to play Santa. That's true. Right. It, it was a neighbor. It was a family friend. There was no reason for that guy to kill somebody else's daughter. Because obviously, he probably felt remorse when it happened to him. All those years prior. Right. So, so that's why that storyline. Right. And I remember when I when I had heard that as a kid, a lot I remember that story got wicked twisted because I remember like, oh, Santa snuck into her room on Christmas night and they kidnapped her. So I remember that story got wicked twisted when we were kids. I don't buy it. I do remember that. The next suspect is a, an individual by the name of Gary. Um, this was another man who was um a neighbor. It was in the neighborhood. They kind of called him a drifter a little bit. Um, he was arrested in 2016. Um, and when he was arrested, he was found, uh, on, on, on some pretty not so nice charges. And he was found with a picture of Jean Benet in his backpack. And it turned out that he was a little on the obsessive side of her. Uh, a friend of his had actually called the police and said that, uh, Gary had admitted to him that he had hurt a little girl. Um, that he just kind of kept repeating it over and over and over again. He had heard a little girl and then hung up and then he never heard from him again. Mm-hmm. However, Gary's DNA did not match the DNA that was found in the underwear or her fingernails. So that Okay, was but you said that he did not so nice things to children, right? Previously. He, that so. that is what he is that uh, he was convicted in 2016 of yes, of um of not nice stuff. We'll just put it that 2016 way. 2016 is 20 years after the murder of John Yes. Day. He was, kind of, they, like I said, they called him like the drifter. So so that's theory number, I think that was five. Uh, theory number six. This one's a little, uh, I don't like this guy too much, but it's, uh, so this guy, he goes by the name of John. Um, now he started to talk to a journalist 10 years after. Not the, John Ramsey. No, 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 no. Different, different John. John. Different John. He, uh, 10 years after the murder, uh, now this uh, a journalist uh, kind of got to know John. How their meeting happened, I don't know. Um, I tried to find how the two of them connected. I could not find it, but they did. And after years of building this relationship, this journalist was able to get this individual John to say that he killed John Benet. He uh, said that he loved her, um, that he hit her in the head with a flashlight. 
and only for the police to really kind of take a look at him. They found him. They tracked him down. He actually was abroad. He wasn't even in the United States when they found him and arrested him. He was, I believe he was somewhere in Asia, if I'm not mistaken. And he admitted to doing all these terrible things. He said that he loved her and he wanted to worship her and take care of her. Um, however, his DNA also did not match. Not only that, but they did say that the police said that during his confession, what he was saying, his supposed alleged confession, that none of the details matched up with any of the things that they found at the crime scene. And they were also able to pinpoint that he was not even in Boulder, Colorado, the night of the murder. He was actually on the East Coast. All right. So I have a question. Yes. Two questions. Yeah. One, um, did they find a flashlight? at the murder scene because they did which leads me to another suspect all right well before you get into that let me let me do my other question then Go ahead. so my other question is is why do people enjoy taking credit for murders that they I didn't don't commit? know but it's a, it's why, a thing it's, it's a like, thing it is a i thing. think they probably want the, the you know the glam and the glory they, they just, want the book yeah they want the book they, they want, want the, the miniseries book, they, right they want they want uh you know um, that's the thing like you have to know that the cops are going to know more and the investigators are going to know more about the situation than you do if you claim that you've murdered but, somebody. But how many people have been wrongfully convicted due to false confessions because they felt that they were, you know, they were being, um, you know, apprehended by the police for so long and questioned for so long that they just wanted to go home that they admitted to a crime just so they could go home and then they get put in jail. You'll never catch me on that. You'll never catch me on that. Well, I mean, that's because me and you know to get a lawyer. <laughs> no, but I'm just but, saying, friends, we would never do anything. We would, we would, <laughs> we would never need a lawyer. My point is, why would you want to? Like it, that, that psychological. Because they're, they're not right understand. in the head. They're not. They Clearly, want the glory. We watched an episode of something. I can't remember. It was. It was probably a couple months ago, and a, and the woman that she took blame for murdering somebody, and mm -hmm. she didn't do it. Mm -hmm. But then on the confession tape, you hear that she did it, and they didn't even like try to coerce her at all. No, she just she voluntarily said, "Yeah, I did flat it." Flat out, right? And then I think wasn't it like later on? She while she's in prison goes, "Yeah, I lied," and it's like, well, right. I'm, "What?" You can't keep flip flopping there. Makes no sense. But at the end of the day, they knew it wasn't him. All right, so but he was convicted for other terrible things too. So he's he's all right. So let's yeah. get back to the flashlight. You said there's so the another suspect. Because okay, so the flashlight comes into the storyline. So one of the things that they found that was at the Ramsey household that morning was that there was reportedly a flashlight found on the kitchen table that the Ramsey said did not belong to them. So now we're going to kind of switch gears. The flashlight will come back, I promise. So now all these years later, a new theory has evolved. And it, it's a very intricate one. And friends, when I tell you this this rabbit hole was unbelievable to what me. What number is this? Just so I can keep uh, track. I think, hold on. I think we're... Uh, Got to consult my notes. Uh, potential suspect number seven, theory number probably like five. I don't know. Um, so this this came out of... Uh, there was a, a woman in, who is currently serving time in prison. And she has been trying to reach out to all kinds of broadcasts and newscasts that will take her story and listen to it. Um, because she firmly believes she knew who killed John Benet Ramsey, and um, a, a group of reporters finally took her her story because I, I believe one of them reached out to a um, prison counselor that she worked with, and the prison counselor was like, oh, "You might want to listen to her; she's pretty compelling." So they did. Some of the stuff I got to tell you, it does kind of make your eyebrow kind of go, "Okay," and and kind of put a new light on it. But again, 
you'll see where it goes. So, so her name is Bernice, and she is serving time in prison for attempted murder, and she is accusing the gentleman that she tried to kill as killing John Benny Ramsey. They never really went into why she tried to kill this individual. I don't know what happened. Friends, I'm not even going to speculate. So anyway, I'm just going to give you the, I'm going to give you the hardcore facts. So she um, hired a gentleman by the name of Todd who uh, helped her with something. She, I think she had like a horse ranch or something. And then her and Todd had a romantic relationship, in which case they, uh, an offspring happened, a daughter. Um, and they entered this daughter into pageants. The same pageants that Jean Benet was at, mm. but Jean Benet was much. Was she was a couple years older. I think she was. Like, she was. It was towards the end of her her life, so it was probably when she was like four or five or you know around that time. This little girl was under one years old, but they were at the same pageants. How do you get your less than one year old involved? Well, in oh, pageants? They, oh, because you hold them on stage. Really? Oh yeah. That's a real thing. Oh yeah. That's ridiculous. It is. It happens. It happens. They plop them and they just sit there and eat their skirt. <laughs> I've never heard I've of this. I've seen it. I've seen it. That's crazy. Yeah. No. Okay. Yep. There's a, there's a whole baby age range. I mean, I can see that maybe now because people are just obsessed with the pageant industry in general now. As but we're back about 20 something years ago, that's. As we're to about me. to put our kid in a pageant. <laughs> <laughs> Not our less than one year old. <laughs> that's true. That is true. But yeah, no, there's a whole age category for under one. And that's what they do. They put them in a big fluffy dress and they just sit them on the stage. I don't really know what they're going to win off of. They just sit there. So that is, like I said, it's a whole age category. And they were able to 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 confirm that this child and Jean Benet competed at the same pageants, just different age brackets. Um and Bernice, you know, accused Todd of, of saying and doing some things that were a little inappropriate towards the girls during uh, the pageants. However, the one thing that made her raise an eyebrow was that the weeks leading up to Jean Benet's murder, she allegedly said that he was coming home and saying that he was about to come into a bunch of money, supposedly put uh, a deposit down on a car that he could not afford, and then immediately following the murder... Um, was telling her that the whatever this deal was that he was supposed to come into money fell through. Now here comes the flashlight piece. So enter in another individual by the name of Michael. All related, like not related, but all tied together. I think together. they're kind of this this particular story. It's like a power as, trio. Right. As told by Bernice, this is all kind of combined. Power trio of murder. So, <laughs> So, yes, this is the Bernice is saying that this is where the connection comes between Todd and this individual, Michael. And then I'm going to wrap through how Michael is, was eventually singled out. So Bernice had indicated that she had a car. It was a British car that um, they were trying to restore. And Michael worked at a junkyard that sold these pieces that she could use to restore her car. And it was Todd that took her to this junkyard and they dealt with Michael how Michael's name eventually came into play was um after a while the police commissioner went on a uh on the television to say hey we know who you are our list of suspects are now you know kind of giving like the scare tactic to whoever's out there to try to get them to, we're like, gonna get you yeah exactly. we're gonna find you exactly you better fess up because uh, it's only a matter of time before we get you yep. well the dude killed himself the next day so mm. that was kind of like bum, bum, bum. so well, here I couldn't even get a wah. Wah. Sorry, well, I was just going. Go do it again. 
Bom, 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 bom. Bom. Better? That was terrible. That was terrible. Anyway, so it turns out that not only was he found with a taser in the background of his pictures, there were high-tech boots that were found in his home. His flashlight was missing, and some members of his family felt that he was involved as well. Um, apparently he and another individual that worked at this junkyard all said that he was saying the same things that Todd was saying. I'm about to come into a lot of money. I got this job, blah, 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 blah. And then after the murder, the same thing. Uh, they fell through. And then after the police commissioner went on the television, the next day he kills himself. Okay, so I think this is the avenue we probably want to go down, right? Well, turns out none of the DNA matches on any of them. What? <laughs> That's going to be my next question. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, definitely on Todd. They did test Todd negative, and Michael is passed, so they can't. There's not really much they can do there. But then, then, but then they look at the note, and they're still, or they're still trying to figure out this SBTC. Like, who is this? So then, and then, so there's one theory that came out: that the Saved by the Cross, where it was like this religious group came in, and you know, it, it, that was. I read that. That didn't even make any sense. But then another one kind of came in. That Bernice was able to tie together and she said it was a cult. Now, when they went and they looked in her shed that she told them and gave them permission to go and look in, they did find the car that she spoke about. They found all the pictures of her daughter that they talked about. And they did actually find stuff that they originally thought was Scientology. Because I remember them saying that, oh, look, it's Scientology. I told you, aliens. I'm telling you. I said it from the very beginning. Fucking aliens. Aliens. <laughs> So apparently this individual by the name of Scott, I, I can't even tell. I could I, Google searching this man. I couldn't even tell if he's still alive or not. Is it a real person? It is a real person. And okay. he wrote a book. So this individual, to put it bluntly, uh, considers himself to be a higher uh, being, that he is not human, but he is a higher being from another dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually it kind of follows like... Um, I was trying to follow along with this is kind of where I lost it to be honest with you. This is where I kind of just sat up straight and went, what am I watching? And it was like um like a, a a hierarchy of like dimensions. I don't even know, but the one of them when you translated it to English, it translated to the word victory, which is the salutations on the note. And he wrote a book called Truth Notes, which was about his alien experience. Um, and he also told his cult followers that they had to be good to cats because that was how you communicated to your mothership. And people bought this. And this is based on your research, right? Well, here's, yes. So here's the thing. This is a book. This is actually a true, it's a real book. Truth Notes is what it's called. And it's all about his experience and where his ship is and all about that. Okay, so what does this man that has this higher level of being? Well, he's forming a cult. And what they were saying, what they were allegedly accusing him of was that he was trying to, and they actually used the word harvest, which really disturbed me but harvest young girls like they were trying to get like he was trying to get Mm -hmm. people like young girls and did they ever link any other harvesting back to this there was one guy that i saw testimony of um he was him and his wife were a part of uh, the cult um and she actually left him and brought their nine-year-old daughter with her and he had to sue to get full custody um, to get her out of the house because it was pretty bad. This guy apparently hired people to do all kinds of weird things. Now he was he was 
convicted and was put into jail for some time for some not so nice things. Um, of the little children's? Of all kinds of things, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess there was some things like he he did like I think I think there was actually an alleged murder for hire for people who didn't believe in his religion, which was uh, BDX Beta Dominion Zephonia. Z- I don't even know how to pronounce that last word. Yeah. Um, so, but apparently now here's where Bernice kind of drops the ball a little bit. So even though she was able to provide a picture of herself and this guy Scott. So, you know, she knew him. Mm-hmm. When asked, did you connect Scott to Todd? She said no. So, you can't link. So, even though she was trying to link the three of them together, she was really the only connecting piece and she said no. So, you have nothing. Right. Which would make it that she was involved in the exactly. murder if that were the case. Exactly. So, at that point. Okay. So, let's let's take it back to the facts, right? So, this is what's sticking out in my mind. From the outside looking in, high tech boots, flashlight, taser. Oh, the high tech boots! I, could, I forgot to tell you, the family turned that over to the Ramses. The Ramses did give it to the police, and the police said that it was not a match to the boot print that they found in the basement. Okay, do you think the investigators were just saying that because they didn't want to explore that avenue? I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm I mean, just I mean, I don't know. Opinion. I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I can't. I can't speak on behalf of the police. I would think that they would want to explore every avenue. I'm. I mean, to me, that sounds like a very, very high interest. It could. I avenue. mean, the man. I mean, the man committed suicide. I, I don't, and they don't know why. There was no note. That, I don't think that, that avenue piques my interest. I. But there's no avenue to go down. He's he's gone. So at this point, like, what do you do? And they still can't find a match. So all of no. these. All of these theories, all of these suspects, not a single person matches the DNA that they found. No. That not boggles one. my mind. Not one. So if that's if that's the case, then that means that everyone that they've tested is exonerated. Or under the other forensic pathologist who said that the DNA uh, should be completely wiped out because he found it matched another pair of underwear in, an, in a sealed bag of underwear uh, that were in her drawer, therefore coming from the manufacturer, then that would say that everybody would be a suspect again because they don't have any true evidence. But you go back to, well, they said that she had DNA under her fingernails. So again, friends, when I tell you, I've, I looked every which way and I kept getting there's a whole other there's a whole other theory about a housekeeper because she had the keys it's like there were so many avenues that the police went down and none of them even as promising as they look none of them panned out but Not you know a that sometimes when the police have their sights on somebody they may not explore all the avenues as thoroughly as they should. I agree with that. Because they have a suspect in mind, and they definitely thought that John and Patsy were heavily involved, and little Burke, you know. Poor Burke. Little boy Burke. Poor little Burke. Poor Burke. But he was only nine. Right. He was only nine. So there was evidence of a break-in in the basement. Was the window left open, Right. They thought, said when they went down to the basement, they saw that the window was open. They found a scuff mark up against the wall, the wall. Yes. And that there was a suitcase with clothing that she had there that had clothing in it that was reminiscent of what she was wearing the night before. Okay. And then there was footprints all there was around fr- there was, down there that did not match any of the Not all around. Shoes. I think it was just like one or two prints 
I don't know. See, some documentaries said two footprints, two sets of prints. One documentary said one print. Okay. So here's Couldn't my get theory. Consistency on that. Here's my theory, and I'm going to stick to it. Okay. My theory is kidnapping for hire gone wrong. I agree. Yep. Yes. I, I, because I do. I, I just, there's but too much. But how do you accidentally strangle a kid? No, they don't, there was no accidental about it. It was purposely done because they knew but they were, they knew they were caught. Whoever it was, they knew they were caught and they had to get rid of her. Here's the thing that makes me think that maybe she knew who they were because they were, she, they, because if you were some, if you were a stranger to somebody, especially a five year old girl, you're going to scream. But what I'm saying is, and they didn't want her to scream, so they put the tape over her mouth. Right. But here's the thing why kill her? Because she could identify them, which means it means she knew who they were. But then why even bother putting a ransom note on the steps? Because originally it was supposed to be a kidnapping until they got her downstairs. That's the only reason I have. I know, but they should have wrote like a, you know an addendum on their note and say, you know what? P.S. We suck. P.S. We just killed her. You know, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. I think. I think the bottom line is, is that they they. Oops, sorry. I. I mean, I don't think they knew what the hell they were doing. I. I think that's why I don't think that they were people who did something like this. I don't. I don't know. All I know is that here's my prediction. I. My prediction is, unfortunately, I think they will never solve this case. And here's why I think that because that the dancers should have been searched by the police, not John. They shouldn't have let him go downstairs the way they did. If he did disrupt the crime scene, any and all evidence that could point to the to the killer was pretty much flushed down the toilet. And and I mean and and every avenue, there's going to be so many more theories. There's going to be people who come up with more theories. And I feel bad for this family because they're never going to get that closure. They're never going to know what happened to her. Like the hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. That is such a random number. definitive number. Like, but it's random at the same time. It's random, but it's specific. It's a specific right. number. One hundred eighteen thousand dollars. I don't understand. So it doesn't like. Make so sense. if there are like two people involved in this, they were just like, yeah, we need at least one hundred eighteen thousand dollars to do this. Like, of all things to ask for. Yeah. You usually just, it's like a cool million or like 200, 250 or, or 150. Right. 150. It's usually rounded to like the nearest like 10th or 100th. Right. And if that, no, this guy's thousands. a millionaire, like why are you only asking for $118,000? Makes no sense. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Friends, this this one is an absolute true and mystery. I'm curious if they ever got the call. They said, I will, I will no, call you call. between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow. N- that I could say. They never got a call. It's like a two-hour window. Like Right, but they, you're so specific clearly. on the, on the amount that you want from me, but you're just leaving this large window of opportunity. Uh, yeah, for well, a it's phone like, call. They're, like they're delivering a washer and dryer. Right. We'll be, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a call in this window. Right. Sorry, we're going to be Hope busy. We're going to be tied up during the uh, you know the hours from seven to, to eight. Right. It's like Comcast coming to your house. <laughs> like what the? I mean, it's unbelievable. So that's what I'm saying, friends. This one. As I, I said, I mean, when I decided that this was going to be the first murder case we were going to do, I did not see the, uh, the the journey that was in front of me with all of my notes. And again, I cut out a lot of what I found um, just because A, time, B, time. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to digest. It's a lot. And you can, like I said, you can go and you can look up all of this stuff yourself. You can read the note for yourself. Um, but again, all of these people came forward. They're either on documentaries that are filmed and, and aired on TV, on, on social media, magazine articles, news articles that have been circulated. So this is all information that's public information that's out there. 
Um, but they've never been able to connect the pieces. Unfortunately, friends, at the end of this episode, the only thing I can say is it is still a mystery and it will probably remain a mystery. Even if like I could, if I, if I even had an inkling of who I thought did it, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. There's actually a whole other theory, Joe, a whole other theory that I'm not even getting into of two brothers who happened to have killed somebody. I don't even remember their names because I didn't even entertain this one. They happened to kill a little girl like 10 years prior to Jean Benet. She did look just like Jean Benet, but then they ran off to some freaking some island somewhere where another girl ended up dead. The one brother ratted out the other. The other one's in prison over there, and then he came back. The, uh, the, and then next thing you know, another girl goes missing and died. That one, but that was so far fetched because there was no real connection. I'm like, this this doesn't hold any weight. There's I can't even see how this one would even work. And P.S. By the way, his DNA did not match either. So, <laughs> so it's just that's like, because I know who did it. Aliens. Oh my god. Aliens murdered John Bonet. So, so that's why you're never going to find them. No, I think we're never going to find they, them. The, the cat did it. No. and reported back to I, the mothership. I think I. <laughs> So I, ju- I do I, I do pray that the family does get closure one day, but I'm just so afraid that that scene was so contaminated that they never will. And it will remain a mystery. So so on that note, friends, uh, we're going to sign off. We hope you had uh, an interesting evening with us as we went down the, uh, the the different theories and the different paths that this murder mystery has taken. Um, you know, nothing. Yeah, this was one uh, large spiral butthole of a rabbit. It, it, I mean, it was unbelievable. I wish when they just... say rabbit hole, that's what they mean, right? The but, the rabbit's butthole. No, no, it's a it's a rabbit hole that you fall down, like Alice in Wonderland. Oh, so it's not the butthole. No, <laughs> what what? No, it's like under... <laughs> I what the they... frick is wrong when you go with in the you? rabbit hole? <laughs> not <laughs> the rabbit's butthole, you ass! Oh my god. <laughs> Anyway. Bring it back to the butt, baby. You always bring it back to the butt. So that's our episode for tonight, friends. Uh, we hope you uh, had a an interesting evening with us. Pulled up a, a chair, cracked open a nice seltzer. Let <laughs> 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 Joe Hayes, he's been Nasty gagging. seltzer. Bleh. I mean, it's fruit punch flavored, so hey. We do have a fun special lineup for uh, St. Patty's Day celebration. Joseph, would you care to talk about it or no? Um, no. We'll talk about it next week. I'm excited for it. All right. Maybe we might have to change our music a little bit. I think that might be fun. Make it a little bit more Irish. Put some drums in there. We have to talk with an Irish accent the entire episode. The whole time. The whole time we have to talk with an Irish accent. You better better drink your Guinness (laughs) and I'm going to get you. (laughs) I don't know how to talk with an Irish accent. That's that's all you have to do is make a noise. (laughs) (laughs) Irish shai. Well, we are. Well, that is going to be our drink of choice next week. Is going to be Guinness, whether you like it or not. Uh, come join us down we'll at the Shire. At, oh, I was at the Shire. <laughs> Damn, I want to live in a place called the Shire. All right, friends. Uh, we wish you a safe and peaceful and safe night. And tune in next week, and we'll have another mystery on tap. We'll be here. We hope you are too. Bye. <laughs>